Hey, let's face it, all of us could use a little tune-up every once in a while. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast brought to you by Heritage Parts in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. And each month, we talk to experts and service techs to bring you the latest news and tips for use in the field. I'm Rob LaFrenz, and in this episode, we talk about planning ahead for equipment failure, the slow-moving news slicer, and managing your customers' expectations. Joining me today, as always, is Food Service Equipment Reports Managing Editor Allison Resendiz. And hey, how about it, Allison? This is our seventh episode, kind of a momentous occasion in the service calls world. It's so fun. We're learning so much from talking to all the different techs in the industry. I can't wait to hear what we learn for the next seven episodes. So let's move forward with our first guest, and we go by phone to Waukesha, Wisconsin, for General Parts Director of Sales, J.R. Weber. And JR, we're going to talk about uh, planned maintenance right now, and and what's the right time to suggest a PM program to a customer? Really, at, at, at every touch point, right? So a customer purchases a piece of equipment. Um, typically, the piece of equipment is installed by an authorized service agency. At that point in time, preventative maintenance should be a conversation, and in and in theory, preventative maintenance, planned maintenance, should be discussed with the customer at the at the point of purchase. Uh, so they understand what the expectations are, um, how they're going to get the, the biggest value and ROI on their equipment, and how to keep their, their piece of equipment up and running for as long as possible without breakdown. JR, what are some common objections you hear from customers, and how do you recommend the techs respond? So the most common objection would be, it's not in my budget, or I can't afford it, or during the warranty period, well, why should I pay for service? when all my service is covered under warranty. And the response to me is, for me, to, to the customer would be, you can't afford not to have preventative maintenance or planned maintenance, um, whichever terminology you use. So planned maintenance really is about avoiding breakdowns at inopportune times, right? So not only is it gonna increase the longevity of that piece of equipment, which is an investment because the equipment today is expensive, but really to keep it running to, to avoid those very expensive emergency service calls outside of the warranty period. Can you think of any other objections that techs run into a lot from customers and, and how, how should they respond? Yeah, so another common ob- objection is, is, well, my kitchen staff can clean it. You know, they, they view, oftentimes the end user may view planned maintenance as cleaning, routine cleaning, which when it's, it's really much more than that. It's anticipating the breakdown and, and oming out elements and checking motors and really doing a deep cleaning on the fans and the high priority components that often fail and trying to catch those failures before they actually happen. So the deal is done. Both sides have agreed on a, a PM program. What's the next step? So what we do at General Parts is, is we we, we take an inventory of their kitchen, identify the key pieces of equipment, some of the smaller equipment and some other equipment, you know, some of it, it either works or it doesn't, right? So there's no really planned maintenance you can do on it. And some of it is, quite frankly, disposable equipment. It's better off replacing as opposed to repairing. So we do an inventory, take a look at the equipment, evaluate it. Um, and then we have preset uh, maintenance checklists that we perform on each type of piece of equipment that is really driven by the manufacturers. Our recommendation is to have routine visits on refrigeration, um, combi ovens, anything that uses water, ice machines, um, and HVAC at a minimum of four times a year. 
And how much time should a service tech set up for each of those maintenance calls? It really depends on on the size of the of the kitchen. Our general rule of thumb for a refrigeration piece of equipment, they should spend no less than 30 minutes evaluating that piece of equipment, not only doing some of the maintenance, but evaluating the piece of equipment. Same with HVAC. Ice machines can take a little bit longer depending on the condition and the environment they're in, two hours or so. Steamers, combi ovens, I would say, um, depending on the D-line process for the manufacturer, anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours per piece. We really try not to have a cookie cutter approach um, for our customers. It's really customized to what their kitchen footprint is, the type of equipment they have, and what their needs are specifically. Can you think of any other components that make up a good PM program that maybe you see other techs overlooking? Any common mistakes or certain things that they should definitely remember to have as part of that program? We see a lot of overlooked uh, door gaskets and things like that that are wear and tear items that aren't always being replaced on the plan maintenance um, or may not be included on um, the original job proposal for that maintenance agreement. Just really including not only coming in and doing the cleaning, but taking a look at some of the historical data that each service company has from the, the, the service that they've provided and identified some of the common wear items and including those in and just having them certain items changed out at minimum on an annual basis. JR, should a tech provide a hard copy of their report and why is that so important? Absolutely. Um, we, we provide, um, whether it be electronically or paper copies to all of our customers um, for all of our check sheets so that they know that what we've checked and we also have a priority sheet that we offer our customers. Um, once we leave site, we may identify some potential problems or potential repairs that may be needed. And we identify those repairs and give them into a report before the technician leaves site. All right, JR, to uh, wrap things up, what's your like uh, hard sell for those who may still be on the fence when it comes to a planned maintenance program? I think we as uh, industry service providers can't stress enough the importance of Planned maintenance, often referred to as preventative maintenance, but really it's planned maintenance to help avoid those unnecessary service calls in emergency situations, where not only on the weekends and after hours, but during regular times that can interrupt their operation. Great advice. Thanks, JR. That was General Parts Director of Sales, JR Weber. Next up, it's From the Field. And in this segment, we get tips from techs like you who spend their days in the field. And we're going to go to Rosedale, Maryland, and on the phone is EMR Training and Safety Manager Greg Smith. And uh, Greg, back in your days as a tech, you took a call from a restaurant about their new deli slicer. What was the initial complaint? Uh, the initial complaint was that it kept slowing down while they were slicing. Basically, it was it was bogging down while they were slicing, and they had to keep stopping and clearing it. And- basically was slowing down their process. So what steps did you take once uh, once you got to the scene to uh, figure out what was causing it to slow down? As soon as I looked at it, I knew where the problem was, which they had cut the, the original plug off and changed the plug to a, a generic plug. Um, they bought a 208-volt slicer, and they only had a 120-volt outlet, so they changed the plug to fit the outlet. So instead of going back to get a new piece of equipment, they altered it? They altered it, yep. So how did you break the news to the operator, and uh, what did they have to say about it? Uh, they actually took it well. They, they had ordered it online, uh, and um, they ordered what they thought they needed, 
and I'm sure they got a sale price on it. But uh, the um, it it was uh, again they just needed an electrician to come put the correct outlet in where they wanted the slicer to be. So what's your uh, advice for people uh, who maybe run into a situation like that where they bought the wrong piece of equipment, but they decide they want to take matters into their own hands? I, I, my advice to everybody is always use a local supplier to buy your equipment. Um, one, you, you, they can come and assess the, uh, your uh, utility needs and make sure that you're getting a slicer that's going to fit where you need it to be or any kind of equipment where you need it to be. And also, if you have a problem, your local supplier also kind of goes to bat for you when it comes to any warranty situations. Now, Greg, you've been doing this a long time. I can't imagine that this is the first time that you got out to a job site and, and found a similar situation. M- many situations that, of, of, of the same sort, yes. And that from a man who knows. That was EMR training and safety manager Greg Smith. Now let's go to the segment we call Nuts and Bolts, and this is where we get tips from techs like you who spend their days in the field. And besides dealing with broken equipment, techs, you are the face of the company, and that means dealing with customers, which can be way tougher than troubleshooting awkwardly placed equipment. This is Clark Service Group's Brian Warfel with some tips that work for him. So my name's Brian Warfel. I'm an area supervisor for Clark Service Group, and my best customer service advice would have to be have a quote-unquote, I'd be glad to attitude towards everything that you do while you're with the customer. They are your number one priority and make sure that they know that, they feel that from you and that you are there to help them uh, have compassion for their situation and to make sure that they are satisfied with your service when you're done. Gary's East Coast Service Senior Technician Jay Sanderson says it's important to be upfront. If I'm on a job, And let's say, for instance, the piece of equipment needs to have a part ordered. And it's, let's say it's a Wednesday. So I'll go and I'll find out who is responsible for making the call on how fast this piece of equipment gets repaired. You know, normal shipping usually sometimes takes longer than they would expect. So I give them all the options. And I tell them, you know, here are your options. What is your urgency? What is the um, time frame you wish for this piece of equipment to be repaired? And then that puts them in the driver's seat and lets them make the call. And then if they want it next day aired, I let them know about the prices and, you know, et cetera, and all that other stuff. But usually this is the best method for me to let them make the call on when the repair takes place. And then we go from there. Here's a note from Smart Care Equipment Solutions Master Technician Justin Adams, as read by my colleague Ron Brown. Your first impression is just that, the customer's first impression of you as a technician. Show up to the job site looking as presentable as possible and ready to work. Have your tools with you when you enter the business, introduce yourself to the customer, and most important of all, say thank you. Good customer service skills are just as important as good technical skills. And another colleague of mine, Bob Kessler, has a Cefesa Director of Training, Dan Reese's thoughts. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Respect, honesty, hardworking, and with care. Taking care of others to the best of your abilities will only lead them to use you as a service provider in the future because they'll have gained trust. Appearance will also speak before you can say anything. And smile. It'll make your day better as well as the people around you. And thanks a lot, everyone, for your contributions. We really do appreciate it. 
Next week's topic is what's the best shortcut you found that's made you a more productive tech? We'd love to hear from you, and, you know, we're pretty excited about this. We now have a number you can call in to leave a message. It's 312-788-7618. That's 312-788-7618. And you can also email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to servicecalls at fermag.com. And that's it for this episode of Service Calls, brought to you by Heritage Parts in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. We'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Rob LaFrance.